Welcome to the Ashram Podcast, made possible by the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management to support efforts to advance safe and trusted healthcare through enterprise risk management. You can visit ashram.org, that's A-S-H-R-M.org, slash membership to learn more and to become an Ashram member. I'm Bill Klaproth. This podcast is part of Ashram's Healthcare Risk Management Week. Learn more at ashram.org slash resources slash HRM dash week. On this podcast, we're talking about bringing the hospital home, how we must rethink the norms of healthcare. So let's talk with Grace Walker, Medically Homes Group Senior Director of Safety and Reliability. Grace, welcome to the Ashram Podcast. Glad you're here. So let's jump right in with our first question. Can you tell us what is hospital at home? Right. That's a great question. A lot of people are asking it right now. Right now, the agreed definition, and I say agreed definition because this was aligned on with 37 different countries that are also building this type of model. This hospital home is really an acute clinical service that takes staff, equipment, technologies, medications, skills, all usually provided in traditional brick-and-mortar hospitals and delivers that hospital-level care to people in their homes or in nursing homes. In short, it substitutes for acute inpatient hospital care. So Grace, hospital at home sounds pretty expansive. What are the limitations? What doesn't it do? Well, in short, it's not outpatient care, what's typically defined as outpatient care. So it is not hospital prevention programs. It is not community-based chronic disease management programs nor is it solely remote telemonitoring or telemedicine. It's not a day facility treatment environment. It's not primary home care. It's not community nursing or skilled home health care. So there's a lot of things that's not, gives you a better understanding of what it is when you carve out and really understand. It is focused solely on acute inpatient hospital care needs It's just done in a different environment. That environment is people's residences. Right. So why are health systems leveraging this model now? Well, you may be surprised to learn that really isn't a new thing. We can track this all the way back, this movement, this model, all the way back to the early 1960s with hospital home programs launching in France, followed shortly by Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Spain, the United Kingdom got on board as well. Didn't really come to the U.S. until the early 90s, early mid-90s, with John Hopkins launching their program in 94. And then we saw several other small programs develop in the VAs and other primary hospital locations all the way up through the early 2000s. So sadly, most of the U.S. programs, they never saw significant growth or scaling of their services pre-2020, a.k.a. pre-pandemic. But within the first year, even within the very first few months of COVID-19's impact on the U.S., we, and I am truly using that collective sense of we, so that there wasn't enough beds in our traditional brick-and-mortar hospitals, there wasn't enough infrastructure to get critical medical supplies to those who most needed it, and within the community, there wasn't a strong feeling of safety. What would or possibly could occur if someone had to go to the brick-and-mortar hospital was really up in the air. There was a lot of fear, a lot of tension, a lot of stress. So we all saw and heard countless stories of patients' health failing 
sometimes to terminal end, sadly, because we didn't have beds and patients were too scared to come. So it seems like the hospital at home would prevent several opportunities. Could you tell us what those opportunities are? Well, I will say one of the big opportunities is really learning the power of it, right? Pre-pandemic, we saw very small test of change pilot programs. We saw success, but we really didn't see or have the opportunity to see it scaled. In short, three years later, we now know without a doubt things that we've long suspected. So we now know patients prefer to be home even as hospitals need capacity. We now know that we can safely deliver high-quality care in the home with virtual and in-person care teams, that collaborative effort. And we now know that patients and caregivers feel prioritized and restored within this care model, really being able to regain agency of their own health. So then the benefits seem like they're there, but what are some of the challenges in setting up these types of programs? Sure. So the biggest challenges really arise from not yet knowing what we don't know. Um, so right. <laughs> if you need to set up a hospital home program, how are you going to do that? How are you going to staff it? Who should be involved? Hospital home programs really leverage team members not typically seen in traditional hospitals. Some of those, such as the paramedics or a mobile integrated health team, that go into the patient's home and really are the hands for the patients, for the caregivers within that environment. Mm-hmm. We also have the not having the security of being able to sprint down the hall to the supply cabinet and grab whatever's needed for the patient. All of that has to be pre-thought out, scheduled, and made available. And then the last thing is one of the challenges is how do we ensure good connection with the patients That can be from a practice and relational way, but it also can be from the technology that we're leveraging. Do we have a robust consumer-friendly technology setup that allows the patients to really easily connect to us as easily as pushing a button? I can understand where this would be a unique scenario for risk professionals. So what should a risk professional be thinking about if or when their associated healthcare system chooses to explore this hospital-at-home model. Right. Well, first of all, I really do encourage every risk professional to be aware, to be learning, to be thinking about not if but when (laughs) their healthcare system says, let's go do this. The first thing I would say is really be prepared to think outside of the box. This hospital-at-home model, at least for now, is really living within a pre-regulatory space. That means the federal and state governments, as well as the accrediting bodies and organizations, are also in a time of learning. So I would really encourage health and risk professionals to be prepared to learn. Collect, trend, and analyze their data. You will be asked for receipts. We all know that's coming. We will be asked for, hey, where is the proof? Where is the value? And we really want to be prepared to be able to speak to that so that when the regulatory environment does begin to shelter this model as an official, yes, this is great quality care and we're going to do it for, we really understand what's necessary for that. The last thing I would say is really to keep the patient, the family, and their environment of care just squarely centered within your vision when developing any kind of recommendations, processes, or tools. A challenge that really should be called out here is that there is the risk of making translational assumptions between models. 
And the healthcare provided in a traditional brick and mortar space does not necessarily have the same processes or requirements as those performed within the patient's mm-hmm. home. So you need to think through right. things such as your tools, your response teams, how you select and place the patient, even the environment of care. So you say it's not a matter of if, it's a definite when. So we certainly have enough data to show us that this is definitely happening. People do need to start thinking about this now. Is that right? True. Right now, I believe the majority of states, we have definitely crossed the mid-mark, have actually issued CMS waivers or have lined with a CMS waiver so that hospital at-home care can be delivered. And it's really mm-hmm. just really understanding how should right. we best do this before we fully write the rules. Absolutely. And then from a patient safety and nurse perspective, what is your experience with these types of programs? <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> I love that question because so often we fail to ask providers about their experience And that's really forgetting or really not acknowledging the value of their participation, the necessity of them within the cycle, and their perspective of what should and shouldn't be done, right? So I'll answer those in order for you, okay? So from Mm -hmm. patient's safety perspective, I really think the traditional brick-and-mortar hospitals introduce a lot of risk to the patient's. This is not news. This is well known. The number of errors that someone can intersect with within a hospital is frankly overwhelming. There's also the really overstretched, under-resourced, burnt-out team members. And then there is the practice really of constantly centering the needs and the priorities of the system and not the individual. So from a patient safety lens, the home allows you to really undo or reverse some of that. So from a nurse's perspective, the home is where the patient lives and heals. Once you're discharged from the hospital, you typically go home, you try to catch up on all the rest you've missed, try to have a full meal that's appetizing and of your preference, and you try to spend time with your loved ones. I want to know as a nurse why we can't do that while a patient is hospitalized. And within this model, we can help the patient really prioritize their needs on their journey to out of being sick into being well. So in short, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am a full spectrum of experience, (laughs) right? Um, Myself, a patient at times. In short, if I had to be hospitalized today, knowing everything that I know about the system, how it works, its strengths, its opportunities... If I had to be hospitalized, I didn't require urgent surgery. I didn't require trauma care or ICU level care. I would absolutely choose to be hospitalized at home. And as you mentioned, it seems like a majority of patients do prefer this. And I like how you say home is where the patient heals. That really brings it home. Grace, I want to thank you so much for your time. As we wrap up, last question. Is there anything you want to add? I would challenge one thing. As Mm -hmm. we're rethinking this normal, we can also really consider this as an opportunity to be able to begin to repair the patient-provider relationships. We can do that by prioritizing what is really important to both groups, safe, equitable, high-quality care that actually improves the patient's overall health outcomes. A little tongue-in-cheek here, it's really hard to get a nosocomial infection when you're not in the hospital. And it's really difficult for a provider to be able to influence for the positive the patient's health 
if the only place we ever see the patient is within our own environment. That's mm -hmm. designed around the environment's needs, not the patient's needs. Right. So I really think this is a fantastic um, opportunity for everyone, especially the patients and the providers who are working in the model. And I would encourage everyone to be prepared for not if, but when. That is right. Not if, but when. And I like how you said this is a real opportunity to repair the patient-provider relationship. So this is a benefit in many ways. Well, Grace, thank you so much for your time and informing us about this and knowing the ins and outs, especially when it comes to risk management. Grace, thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. Bill, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again for the invite. And once again, that's Grace Walker and join the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management in celebrating HRM Week June 19th through the 23rd, 2023. This annual event, held in the third week of June, is the time to show your appreciation for healthcare risk professionals in your organization and your community. For more information, visit ashram.org slash resources slash HRM dash week. In addition, Ashram is accepting nominations for the Ashram Healthcare Risk Management Professional of the Year Award. Just go to ashram.org slash education slash risk dash management dash award. And if you found this podcast helpful, we ask you to share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.